When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the South End Zone here on the Bailey Up Sports Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I am with my co-host, with the most, Eric Mulher, as always. Eric, how's your back from the weekend, man? Did you did you get a sore back sitting in, on your ass so much, or were you busy? A um, little of both. I mean, I, I, I kind of rotated positions all throughout Saturday, so I didn't get, uh, you know, I wasn't like George Costanza. Uh, you know, where my muscles start to atrophy or whatever. But, uh, it's a tough life. Uh, yeah, good good weekend. We did okay um, in the picks department, and there were some really great games, a lot of good viewing. So we'll talk about them. Yeah, it was sort of a, the second week in a row of really compelling matchups. The noon slake wasn't quite as good as it was a week ago, but it sort of made up for it as the day went on. A mm-hmm. uh, lo- lot to get to, but... Eric, I'm going to start with this. I, you know, I know we'll get to the picks in a second, but you know, for the for the listeners that don't know, uh, I'm currently still serving in the military. Eric is retired from the military, and Eric, I know you love that retirement paycheck every month, man. It's just got to be fantastic coming I do. in. However, it is. However, I, you know. If somebody told me they were going to pay me $75 million to walk away, I'd probably be a little bit uh-huh. more excited on a day-to-day basis uh, than you are just getting that retirement check. Yeah, I mean, I, I've spent the last three years since I retired thinking I've got a great deal. Like, <laughs> they're going to give me how much money a year just to breathe? Um, and it's really child's play compared to a fired college football head coach. Uh, any fired coach, not just – you know, one who surpasses the, the the buyout record by $50 million. Oh, God. Yeah, well, speaking of that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, unless you've been living under a rock, you would know that uh, Jimbo Fisher out at Texas A&M. Uh, not the first guy that I thought was going to be fired uh, nope. this year. You know, at, well, he's, he's not the first not. guy in that conference I thought was going to get fired this year. <laughs> right. Or the, or the second. Yeah, and so not the first SEC coach that I thought would go uh, at this point, given how much money they owed him. But if you you know rewind back to our hot seat rankings before the season, you kind of just were in denial. Like, I, there's no yeah. way they will pay yeah. that much money. And I said, if I could think of one school yep. that will pony up the money, it's them. And they sure as hell did, man. They, they yeah. ponied and up I, uh, I $77 million. I didn't disagree with that because uh, I, you know, I think that is if there is a school out there that a has the money and is b willing to spend it firing a guy, yeah, it is them. I just still didn't think that they would do it, like even Texas A and M. But I also that goes back to I expected them to be better and for him to get another year based on performance, and they are not well, kind of the same that, old shit. 
Well, and that's kind of my thing. Like, I, you know me. I've never been a big fan of Jimbo. Okay. I've never, mm-hmm. I've never tooted his horn, never tried to be an apologist for anything he's done at AM. But like, if you're going to pick a year to shit can the guy, like, you should have done it last year, not the year where he loses his starting quarterback for the season. You know, yeah. like they, they were dropping 50 a week on people with Wick, with Connor Wigman in there. He goes down and they start getting their ass kicked because they don't have a quarterback. Max Johnson sucks. I mean, I hate to like, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's just like, he's not good. So yeah, I mean, he, he is, he is what he is. Like there's no, they didn't discover anything about Max Johnson when he went in no. there to play. Like he's, he's who he's always been. Yeah, he is who we thought he was. And yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah, and so I, I don't know. It, it a year late, maybe I don't really see the difference in eighty-five million and seventy-seven million to me. What no. what can you do with eighty-five that you can't do with seventy-seven? I don't know. So, it, to me, I'm not. We're not going to spec. To be clear for the listeners, we're not going to speculate on candidates on this show. Uh, the the only thing that I thought was kind of funny. You know, the wouldn't it be hilarious hire was like if, you know, what if Mac Brown went to Texas A&M? That would be the all-time, like, F you to Texas, but not going to happen. They've proven time and time again that they make piss-poor decisions, so I don't expect them to do what we think they will do. Does that make sense? No, it, it does. Um, you know, my I, I sat down this afternoon and kind of went over the current job openings. Um, Texas A&M is one of six. In my opinion, and probably most people, it's the most desirable uh, open position currently by a pretty wide margin. So uh, that'll be out tomorrow for anyone who's interested. And probably next week, once we get a couple more openings, uh, maybe sit down and take a look at who I think might fill those. Hmm. Well, it will be interesting to say the least. I mean, it's almost, you know, mid-November is speculation season. It is. And I put I put something out there on Twitter today that they they can go one of like three routes, okay. Mm-hmm. And the the first route is they can go after like a proven championship caliber type coach like Dabo Sweeney or you know not necessarily him but someone like that for huge amounts of money. They could go that route, or they could get the young, flashy, up and coming dudes like. Lanning or Galen DeBoer that have been widely mentioned, or they could do the smart thing and hire Mark Stoops from Kentucky because no one has done more with less in a big time conference than that dude. And so uh, that that's what I would do. But, you know, again, we don't expect Texas A&M to do what we think they'll do because they've proven multiple times that they make bad decisions. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what I think about whether Stoops would even want that, right? And want to put up with uh, kind of the same thing a couple of years ago when we were talking about him uh, in, in Auburn. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, would you leave? He's, he's got a pretty sweet setup there in Lexington. Oh yeah, I mean, he's um, got the best contract in America. He's- yeah, and so do, do you want to go? And a And M is a different deal than Auburn, right? Sure. The, the kind of the the holdups or the things that would give you pause for that job are different. Yeah. Um, and what would keep me away from Auburn personally is kind of that perception of how involved the boosters are and how they want to be the ones really calling the shots. I think that's maybe different with the new administration, right? They do have a new president, new athletic director. 
whatever. But I, I, if I were Stoops, I would not have left Kentucky two years ago to go to Auburn. I think at this point, if he's someone that A&M is interested in, I could see him going if they offered it. Yeah. I mean, they talked about, uh, Ross Bjork talked about all the kind of factors that he's looking for in a coach and whatever. To me, I, I don't know if it's lip service. Like to me, you don't make a, <laughs> a financial decision like this. If you don't already have a strong list of dudes that you, are he does. Very, you feel very he, confident. He 100% does. Yeah. Every so, athletic director in America has a list of guys that they would hire if they lost their coach or let go of their coach. Right. Every single one. Well, I mean, sure, but it's a list of dudes that you know 100% you could go get. Like, not dudes that I want. I'm not talking about a wish list. You don't fire a dude and pay him $77 million if you've only got a wish list to me. Like, you've got to have one or two dudes in mind who you know for yeah. a fact you can get. A&M, though, is the type of job that I don't think their list is a wish list. Like, I think they there's like I can name maybe six or seven guys where I would say just out of hand, like they have no shot to get. That's it. Like everyone else is fair game. Yeah, it's probably fair. I mean, you figure guys like Saban, Smart, maybe Lincoln Riley, a couple of others, you know, Ryan Day, Harbaugh. Day and Harbaugh. Yeah, those kinds of dudes. I mean, there, there's it's a very short list. I mean, is A&M, a, it's not a top five job, but I would say it's a top 10 job. Is that It's fair? comfortably in the top 10, I think. Yeah. And it's... I could argue it's top five job. Like what, what would you want as a head coach that they do not provide? Yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, they, they play in an absolute cathedral for football. Uh, the Kyle field. If you haven't been to a game I mean, there, you should go. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. They, you're, you're in Texas. I mean, you great recruiting footprint. You're in a premier conference. Yeah, yeah, the only thing that like gives me, I, I, and not to go too deep into this, but the only thing that like sort of gives me pause about considering it like in even close to the top five is like they have so much recruiting competition so close to them. I mean, they've got five schools in their own state, you know, that are yeah. in the power five that you're having to work against. So it's it's a little different than like Georgia where they are the team or LSU. They're the only team in town, you know, so a little different, but. Ultimately, I don't know who the hell they're going to hire. And I, at this point, like I said, I, I just don't we'll have see. much. Yeah, I just don't have much faith in them to make good decisions. So until I see it happen, I'm not going to believe it. And uh, we'll, we can talk real briefly about Mississippi State. Zach Arnett yep. is out. We talked about that. Uh, Multiple times, yeah. Yeah, we talked about it on the preview the other night when we were, mm-hmm. you know, making the bets and things like that for week 11, how they needed to ha- start having those conversations and they lost by 41 points and he gets let go. So uh, I think it's a more predictable type of list in that scenario. But one, one name that I did want to get your take on, because I think it's interesting and you would have a lot of sort of a, a lot of knowledge and like know how to explain it. We talked about uh, Jamie Chadwell mm-hmm. for Mississippi State. Yep. And you told me you thought that uh, his style didn't really play well, maybe for the SEC. But I kind of I, I thought about that today, and I was like, man. And for those of you who don't know, Jamie Chadwell is the uh, head coach at Liberty. He was at Coastal Carolina before that. 
and he runs a very kind of a weird type of like pistol slash triple option offense. It's very complex, but it's also sort of like the concepts are simple, but it's a very complex offense to run. And so you said you didn't really think he was a fit, but I kind of thought about this, man, like for Mississippi state to be successful in the sec, they kind of have to be gimmicky. Don't they? A little little bit. I think, I think if you are going to pick one school in the sec who, would maybe take a reach on him knowing that he doesn't bring that typical style of play to the conference. It would be Mississippi state and Vanderbilt. I think, um, I don't know. And it really wasn't like, I don't think it can. I just, I question whether they think it would, um, I, I mean, this guy, he's a, he just wins everywhere he goes. He, he does. He's, just a, he's, he's just a winning machine. I don't know. He's 41 and six the last three years. And yeah. you can say what you want about Liberty strength of schedule. I get that it's awful. He's still winning the games, right? He's still won double digit games at Coastal Carolina every year, right? And yeah. I mean, well, it's he's not playing, like he's, it's not he's like playing he's against playing. Sunbelt teams with Sunbelt players. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, winning is winning. Um, but I, I could see it. I, I don't know. He's the guy. If I had to guess, he wouldn't be their first choice. The the guy at Troy, John Sumrall, would be. But um, you know, we'll see. That they they yeah. have been most successful recently with kind of more offensive guys like Mullen and Leach, mm-hmm. even Joe Moorhead. Um, and then they bring in Arnett, who was a defensive guy, might pivot back to an offensive guy like a Chadwell versus Sumrall, who's been a, a linebackers in DC. Well, let me let's like Old Miss in Kentucky. Yeah, let's be realistic. Like if if Leach doesn't pass away and that job just happened, like say Leach just retires, if Arnett is just if he's not already at Mississippi State, he doesn't get that job. No, like they're, they're, they don't hire him. I mean, you know, he's a good D coordinator. Like to be fair to him, but he's not head coach material. So uh, Lincoln Riley needs to hire him, like you said. <laughs> Be a great hire, but um, uh, another name that I got sort of was thrown out there. You mentioned Troy's head coach Willie Fritz Tulane, another yep. kind of uh, similar mold. There might be a good hire, but again, Mississippi State—they're kind of the whipping boy in the West, and I feel well, like see, they, they are and they aren't. I didn't realize this. Do you know how many straight years they've gone to a bowl game offhand? Uh, it's quite a few. I know. Uh, I would wager like five or six. 13. 13. Yeah. Damn. I'm surprised. So they've never, I mean, they've never been great. They've been pretty good a couple times, but they've mm-hmm. never been awful either. So, damn. I can't believe 13 years. Like, even in those, wow, that's pretty impressive. I did not realize they had been to a bowl that many years. Yeah. So they're uh, program wise. Uh, decent enough. I mean, they're not awful. They're they're not, you know, Indiana, you know, or what Colorado has been for two decades. They're, you know, they've go to a bowl 13 straight years in that conference and that division specifically, you know, it's tough to win six games. Um, Yeah. It's fair. So facts. Well, that'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see who they hire. I I don't know, but, uh, and uh, we, we initially thought that Sam Pittman had been let go, but apparently he wasn't, even though. Yeah, conflicting it, reports. 
Yeah, even though some kid was watching the Polar Express at halftime of them oh getting the God. shit kicked out of them by, by Auburn. Uh, things are interesting in, uh, in Arkansas country, man. It's just uh, yikes. It's uh, a little bit interesting. But with all the coach – oh, and uh, Boise State and uh, San Diego State are both uh-huh. – Boise's fired their coach. They fired, fired Andy Avalos, and uh, Brady Hope said he's retiring. So, a little bit of a coaching shakeup in the Mountain West there. That uh, w- will be one to watch to see who those teams go after because they those teams may very well be in a different conference next year. Their conference might look a little different considering Oregon State and Washington State are sort of out there and uh-huh. the picture is kind of muddy still. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. But, <sighs> what a weekend, man. What a weekend of games. It was a lot of compelling results. A lot of uh, holy shit almost upsets. Some teams escaping. And a lot of just blech. Just teams laying eggs. So let's get to our bets, man. Let's let's go over some of this. Um, coming into this week, I was 500. I was 33 and 33. I was 12 and 10 in the bullpen. And coming into this week, you were 25 and 32, four and five in the bullpen. <sighs> kind of another ho-hum week for me. Sort of a week full of missed opportunities. I go 500 again. So I'm now 38 and 38 on the season, 14 and 12 in the bullpen. And but more uh, importantly, more importantly, you'll be on the tee box Wednesday. Oh. Damn you, I will be on the tee box, son of a bitch, because you had a, another banner week, man. You no. went, uh, what, five and three? Here's what I'm looking at. Yep. All right, so five and three, you made a little money this week, uh, and I told you, man, you should have activated all your bullpen picks, dude, and you you slept walk and didn't do it. You would have been a lot better off. But uh, Yeah, I'd have, I'd have finished seven and four. Um, Oregon was a little bit of a letdown. I really expected them to, to drum those guys, and – the second yeah. half of that game ended up being kind of a slog. It really, they never yeah. approached uh, now, 74 and a half. Not particularly close. All right. So run us through it. Let's recap them. We'll run through them pretty quick because there is a lot of them. So yeah. uh, take take us through. And uh, I, let's start with me. I went five and five on the week. <sighs> and we'll get to my bullpen picks at the end. Those are, that, those are kind of interesting. So. Okay, so I'll I'll start with the old reliables that we both took. Um, oh yeah, okay. the most reliable being an Iowa under. <laughs> they beat Rutgers twenty-two nothing comfortably, and now I wouldn't say comfortably because they had the ball inside the ten at the very very end. Um, Never a doubt. Yeah, well, speak for yourself. Uh, so we both <laughs> hit on Iowa Rutgers under twenty-eight and a half. Oh yeah, Liberty. And Jamie Chadwell come through again, laying they 13 just, and a half. They drag Old Dominion <laughs> 38 to 10. <laughs> they just keep doing it, man. I I was uh I went back and tallied it up this year. Would you like to know what my record is betting on James Madison and Liberty this year? God, you gotta be something like 10 and 2, probably, because you've taken them a lot and they're winning all the time. 12 and 1. Okay. Betting so- on Betting on James Madison and Liberty this year, twelve and one. Mm-hmm. The one loss was uh, a Liberty where they didn't cover. Uh, 
Alabama ran roughshod over Kentucky. You took them at 10 and a half, uh, yeah. minus 10 and a half. They went 49 to 21. You also backed Georgia minus 10 and a half. Uh, equal type of game. They That game was 14-14 at, uh, early in the second quarter, and then it was just all Bulldogs, 52 to 17 final. Oh, God. That was, that was a blowout. <laughs> Both of those games, I mean, we can kind of talk about them together in junction really quick but, because there's not much to take away from it. Jalen Milrow all of a sudden looks like a damn Heisman candidate. Scored six touchdowns. He's just all over the field running the ball. Kind of got banged up a little bit in the game. You know, should be something to watch. Uh, but they play Mercer this week, so I would imagine it won't be much running for him. Yeah, uh, it's, is it Mercer? It, somebody like that. Chattanooga, Them, I think. Chattanooga, Chattanooga, maybe Auburn's the one that plays Mercer. I can't remember. But uh, there you go. It's an FCS trash game. Doesn't matter. So probably won't be much running for him this week. But uh, – yeah, he looks really good. He's really grown in the offense. It's uh, it was an impressive win. They dominated Kentucky pretty much from the first snap of the game. So, uh, same for Georgia. You know, everybody. Oh my God, Ole Miss, Kiffin. No, not even close. Wasn't even a game. Georgia was toying with them for the first quarter and just melted them for three quarters. And Brock Bowers looked healthy. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty significant. Scored a touchdown. The, the dude's just not human, I think. Yeah, it's kind of – run out of things to say about him. What I thought most important for them was they, they looked great running the ball. And Kendall Milton, who has struggled with injury all year, looked fantastic the other night uh, running hard, breaking tackles. He had nine carries for 120-something. I think he scored twice. Uh, getting him back playing like he is capable of playing and pairing him up with Edwards is going to go – a long way uh, for that offense and, and being able to kind of mask up, I don't want to say issues, but, you know, relative to the last two years defensively, they're not as great. And, you know, they're breaking in a couple of young linebackers to replace Dumas Johnson. So uh, they, well, they're, well, they're, they're going to be a tough out like normal. Yeah. They're not short big freaks on the defensive line. They've got no. some dudes that can just do it. And uh, for those two teams, Alabama and Georgia, they are once again locked into the SEC championship. So it's going to be Bama, Georgia, part whatever now, six, seven, however many it's been over the last five, six seasons. So should be interesting to watch. They're both playing extremely well. They're both kind of peaking, you know, at the right time, right towards the end yeah, of the Yeah, they're season. both really ramping up. Yeah. So it should be a really big time game. And I think right now there ain't, I would wager that. On a neutral field, the only team in America that might be favored over them on a neutral field would be Ohio State. I don't think Michigan would be favored over either one of them. I don't think anybody else would either. I think Ohio State might be favored over Bama on a neutral field, not Georgia. Nobody would be favored mm. over them, I don't think. But uh, Georgia opened as three-point favorites against Bama. So both playing really well. It'd be a be a damn shame if both of them don't get in the playoff if they keep playing at this level. So yeah, we'll 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 see, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot to unpack with that. That's almost a whole different episode. But yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to all that uh, probably maybe after next week, or after this coming week because week twelve slate is just terrible. 
So I think uh, the recap will be pretty quick, and we should have a lot of time to maybe update. Yeah, I don't know that we're going to have a ton of picks with this lineup on Saturday, but we'll see. Um, You mentioned Ohio State. You also had them. You're laying a shitload of points. You laid 31 and a half uh, against um, Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah, not enough. Uh, 38 to 3. Yep. Comfortable win there. Yep. So let's talk about your misses. One of your misses was one of my hits. We were on opposite sides of Tennessee at Missouri. And man, what goodness gracious. What a fucking beat down that was. I don't know what happened there other than I was completely and utterly wrong about mainly one thing. I thought scrimmage. Yes. I thought Tennessee's lines of scrimmage overall were better than than Missouri's mainly, you know, defensive to Missouri's offensive line, not even remotely close, man. They bullied them. Schrader just ran all over them. And I, I didn't really understand how that got so bad so quickly, but uh, that was a complete and utter beat down. And I was totally wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah. When I said the wrong team was favored, I didn't have 29 point margin of victory in my, that's not what I meant. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I I think they can go win by a field goal at home. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Another one. We both missed this one. Um, Same old Penn state, man. God, you know, hindsight being 2020 dude, they're not quite there. And I thought this year they might be. And I no, I, I was wrong. I I think it's your fault, honestly. I th- I blame really? you. I blame you for this. You're the one. Tell. You're the one who's like talked me up on Penn State's defense, and I, you know I started to believe a little bit. I was like, man, can they really? And then they're coming out and they're dropping fifty on these bad teams, and I was like, man, maybe they got an offense now. Finally, like they, they got. No, they don't have an offense. They don't have any weapons. They got two good running backs. Their offensive line is average. They cannot move the ball against elite defenses, just like you said. Same old fucking Penn State. Yeah, and it, it's. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this, and this is more like geared towards Michigan, the side of Michigan. I hope Michigan can figure out how to fucking throw the ball, because if they try to line up and run the ball thirty-two times against a team like Georgia in a row, by the way, they ran it thirty-two times in a row between yeah, second second quarter to second half. If they try to do that against Georgia or Alabama, they will get demolished. So I hope they can figure out how to throw the ball against a good defense between now and the playoffs if they make it because that shit ain't going to work once they play a real team. Yeah, that that was a disappointing game because it. I really felt like they matched up better with Michigan than last year because their defense is so good. But, man, you know, they fired their offensive coordinator, Mike Yersich, Yes. Uh, James Franklin's getting a ton of heat. Drew Aller's getting shit all over, and he didn't play well. But if you had swapped quarterbacks before the game, Michigan still would have won. Yeah. Because he had nobody to throw to. They did not have a single guy get open all day. Like no. zero separation. Same story as the Ohio State game. So, yeah, they've got they've got two running backs that I like a lot, but – if you don't have receivers that can get open against one-on-one coverage, then teams are just going to play man, and you're going to be running those two running backs into an eight-man box all day. Well, and to be 
I mean, to be frank about it, uh, Aller didn't look good either. Even with the guys that were somewhat open, he was missing throws. He's throwing it behind well, guys. He, he missed he some, but and, and I'm not saying he played well. I'm just saying there's a limit on what you can expect out of him given their yeah their uh, lack of a Jahan Dotson, basically. Yeah, like nobody was open. Yeah, like no separation anywhere all day. So, well, we'll, I don't we'll think see where they go from here. They're going to win their last two games. They're going to finish ten and two. Well, to be honest, I think that's what you hire James Franklin for. You hire him to win ten games a year. Like he's not going to win you a national title. Penn State, you can't win a national title there. You can't do it. Sorry, that era's gone. I, I looking back. I'm an idiot for thinking that Penn State might beat them. Like, that's – I'm an idiot for thinking that. That's okay. my fault. Well, we can ad- agree to disagree on whether you can win there. I, I think you can, but uh, they're not going to unless they get a little better and more diversified on offense and, frankly, get some more athleticism at the receiver position. But moving on, um, you took USC and Oregon over 74 and a half. I left that in the bullpen. Um, yeah, it was looking good for a while. It was initially, and then it really slowed down uh, yeah. right before the half and then the whole kind of rest of the way. Yeah. But Oregon does win. Uh, I don't want to say convincingly. They won by nine points. But at no point in that game did I really feel like USC had a chance to win. Like they were <laughs> playing from behind the entire time. Yeah, they and suck. With- it, it's tough to come back with that defense because they just have such a struggle to get stops. Um, Texas, <clears throat> excuse me, Texas Tech puts oh. together a late field goal drive, and I mean late field goal drive to uh, ruin your Kansas minus three and a half pick. I watched none of that. Well, but. I'll uh, I'll. I mean, I, I I would bet it again today. Jason Bean went down. He was out for mm-hmm. the game. So you lose your starting quarterback, third string. I mean, you're already down Jalen Daniels. Then Jason Bean goes out. You're down to third string man. And they were inside the five twice and came away with no points on yeah. either possession. And they lose by three at home. I mean, it is what it is. Like I say, I, I would bet it again today if Bean was healthy, but – you know, he, he got hurt and went down and third string man couldn't get it done. So what are you going to do? Can't account for a quarterback getting hurt when you're betting, you know, speaking of couldn't get it done. Would you bet Houston minus two and a half at home versus Cincinnati again? (sighs) Mainly I blame myself for like, when I look at my, my sheet from, from this weekend, I'm going, why in God's name would I bet Houston and leave James Madison in the bullpen? Like, what am I doing? Was I smoking crack before last episode? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Why I did that? Now, all that being said, Hogerson should be fucking fired. You want to fire a coach that since it's coaching carousel season, you want to fire somebody, fire that guy losing to Cincinnati at home is a fireable offense. <laughs> I'm just saying. They suck. They lost seven in a row before this weekend. I, I'm out. Well, I'm done with Holgerson. He should be canned. Well, 
we'll see what they do. Uh, James Madison, you left it in the bullpen. That was a hit. They went 44 to six. So you would, you would have covered 24 and a half versus UConn. Yeah. Would have covered 34 and a half. Stupid. Uh, your other bullpen pick that would have hit was Wisconsin Northwestern under 42 and a half. Northwestern wins that 24 to 10. Boy. Not a good look for old Fickle. <laughs> Not. That's, that's about the score that I thought it was going to be, but in the other direction. I thought it would be like 24 to 10 Wisconsin. You know, maybe yeah. maybe 31 to 10, something along those lines. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, don't look now. Northwestern, I think, has won five games. Stop. Don't don't say it. I don't know who they play the rest of the year, but man, if they get to a bowl game, like whoever their interim coach is, who's their defensive coordinator that it's, took over? I forget his name. It's the defensive coordinator they just hired from North yeah. Dakota State. Yeah. That I guy can't remember he, his name for the life of me, but he, he make, might they make a bowl game. He needs to be like coach of the year. Yeah, he he may wind up with a new title in a month or two. Maybe. Uh your last two were two bullpen picks that both missed. I'm, um, I'm gonna say, you know which one I'm saving for last. Um, Minnesota and Purdue went way over 47 and a half. Yeah, didn't, didn't I don't even have the final written down, but I think Purdue went over by themselves, maybe. They, I think they hit 49. They both got into the 40s. Yeah, it was yeah. an over, overtime game, like 49 to 42 or something along those lines. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a big, big. I left it in the bullpen because I just didn't feel I, I didn't feel great about it. Purdue, yeah. you know, they they occasionally will score a bunch of points against an average team. So I was like, eh, I'll leave it in there. Well, Minnesota is that. Um I told you you were crazy <laughs> Thursday night. I told you <laughs> like the the Houston over James Madison thing that that's not like the clear indication that that you may have been doing drugs that night. It's betting on Gundy in any fashion against four over under team total. You take Oklahoma State minus two and a half at UCF, and they get obliterated. You well, did it to yourself, man. <laughs> you know. It was the it was the trifecta. I'd already bet Gundy the week before, and he yep. covered for me. And that was my one freebie. I should have quit while I was ahead. But I was like, you know. Especially when he's going to share a field with Gus Malzahn. See, now that, I think that was a little bit of, uh, like, I, I forgot how bad Malzahn has screwed me over the years. And I'm thinking to myself, like, He's at UCF. He's not at Auburn anymore. Could he really affect me if he was at UCF? I don't know. Maybe he could. But nonetheless, I left it in the bullpen for a reason. Like I was like, I'm not going to take this because I know Gundy's not going to go down there and do what I expect him to do. Plus, you add the Malzahn factor, who I've never been right on. And I was just like, I can't, I can't bet actual money on this. I'm going to leave it in the bullpen just to see if I, what I thought was going to be right happened and they get just absolutely demolished in a like hurricane of a game like the it was nasty weather after the first quarter i think oklahoma state's players were like all right dude let's just get out of here and try not to get hurt yeah let's just not get hurt (laughs) yeah so uh as you said five and five four um sorry two and two in the bullpen yeah 
Um, and we've already talked about five of my picks because uh, we both had them Indeed. or we both had that particular game. So in addition to losing on Penn State and USC Oregon over. Yeah. Um, I also missed on Arizona. I laid 10 and a half at Colorado. They win 34-31 on the last second field goal. I didn't catch any of it. Um, I think it was on Pac-12 Network or something maybe. So Yeah. I saw highlights. I, I couldn't tell you much about it other than I well, was team, Yeah, teams respond a little differently when they're favored, man. So yeah, we talked I guess about, so. We talked about that a little bit. Arizona been playing the underdog role all year. Now they're a big double-digit favorite. A little bit different. You know, Colorado, they're, they've loved to play spoiler all year, but they're just not good enough to most of the time. Um, and then my last two picks, uh, hit both of them old reliable coastal Carolina. Uh, Honestly, I was catching I looking back. I don't know why I didn't take that too. Like I, uh, I liked it. They were, they were catching a point and a half at home. Seemed like free money. And it was, they went 31 to 23. <laughs> uh, they were ahead by multiple scores for most of the game or at least yeah. most of the second half. So it, it just doesn't Texas, matter. Who plays quarterback? It, it really doesn't. And <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm not sure who they even got. I wrote it down. They have. They're sure, at Army this week. So. Ooh. I would think they'll be pretty significant favorites against them. I, yeah, I, I hadn't looked. I just kind of glanced at the schedule. Um, New Mexico State moves to nine and two against the spread, catching four and a half with them on the road at Western Kentucky. They win thirty-eight to twenty-nine. So that was another easy victory. They're they're dead to me. Who is New Mexico State? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, for yeah, what they UMass. did to me in week one. Yeah, fucking UMass. Yeah, typical. I'm like, I, I bet you against a trash team, you get beat by UMass. And then you rip off nine straight wins against the spread. Typical. Well, well. Fucking jury kill. Win some, lose some. Um, one that I did win or would have won. Uh, bullpen pick. I took LSU minus 13 and a half at home at night against Florida. They went 52 to 35. And Jaden okay. Daniels, boy, Damn. I'll tell you what. I don't really care about the Heisman Trophy. It, it's popularity contest, yeah. Somewhat. It's not something I spend a ton of attention on. But I'll tell you, if he doesn't win it, then I've I've lost whatever faith I have left. Yeah, I mean, the dude's the out there doing it by himself. Like, he, I mean, 600 total yards of offense for him, like 230 on the ground, another 375 through the air, five total touchdowns. I mean, the dude is just next level good. Right now, yeah, I, I don't care if they finish nine and three or three and nine or somewhere in between. Like he's he's the best player in college football right now, or yeah. at least he has he has played the best this season. So yeah, uh, we talked about Mississippi State earlier. I was toying with taking a team total of under twelve and a half at A and M, <laughs> and. You'd have been I left it in the bullpen. You'd have been sweating that I would the have. whole game. They they had For 10 59 and a half minutes. They had like 10 points in the first like eight minutes of the game. And did yeah, not. they ran back the opening kickoff. I would have been yeah. I would have I would have honestly I would have just written it off at that point. Like, oh god, <laughs> I'm on a loser there. But um they don't. They they lose 51 to 10. So would have hit. Um mm. so I guess the moral of the story is if you 
if you have doubt in a bad offense, um, go then ahead continue to doubt that bad offense. So, yeah, go ahead and take it. Yep. Yeah. So I think that moves me to something like 30 and 35. Uh, yeah, let's see. You are 30 and 35 on the season, six and six in the bullpen. I am 38 and 38, dead even at 500. You're at minus five, and I am 14 and 12 in the bullpen. So, got a little bit of a lead on you. Got a couple of weeks to make up some ground here and catch up with me, and then ultimately maybe pass me in the bowl season. So, mm. the, looks, yeah, like we'll bowl, see. I'm- looks like bowl season might determine who, who wins the picks this year. I don't know. But uh, let's talk about um, some of these other results that we did not touch on that we sort of liked. Games that we, you know, quickly discussed, but just ultimately did not take. Uh, I had Virginia Tech in the bullpen last week, and they got stomped, just curb stomped yep. by NC State. And then this week, they go on the road to Boston College, who is bowl eligible, by the way. Six and three, Boston College at the time. And they drop a 48 spot on Boston College and just shellack them. Virginia Tech got a chance to be bowl eligible. Uh, did not see couldn't, that coming. I, I couldn't know. have talked me into that at the beginning <laughs> of the year. Nope. So the fact that they're putting up 48 points, good for uh, Timmy's squad there. Good for them. Finally, nice to see them You know, put up a big point total. Things are starting to look up with drones at QB there. He's uh yeah kind of kind of taken the Jalen Milrow route this year, you know, sort of grown into the offense and has gotten better as the year has gone on. So good for them. Uh let's see. We talked about one that I feel like a moron for not taking. Speaking of fading bad offenses and bad teams, uh we we touched on Kansas State, minus 21 and a half at home against Baylor. They yeah. just they just bomb Baylor. <laughs> Put up 59 on them. 59 to 25 final, just a absolute blowout. Should have taken that one. Felt like an idiot. That that's Yeah, like, I remember I remember texting you Saturday like what the hell were we thinking? What, uh, like we've been we've been fading Baylor for a month and a half and how did we miss that? I don't know. And it, that's like the third instance this year where we've talked about a Kansas state line and neither one of us have taken it and they've covered it. Like it, we have missed so many opportunities on them this year. It's, it's crazy. I, I don't know. Climbing, I don't know man. We, yeah, dude's a machine. Winners win. <laughs> He's just a winning machine. And uh, speaking of winning machines who uh, let's just be honest, did not look like a winning machine the other night. I know you got a lot of eyes on this game. So I wanted to get your take on Florida state squeaking mm-hmm. by uh, a, a six and three Miami team. I watched a little bit of this game, and the little bit that I saw was not pretty. It was ugly. Like Florida State didn't look good to me. What, they didn't what were look your, great? What were your takeaways? Um, I personally would have liked to have seen them not fall so in love with the deep ball for like a quarter and a half. because uh, they were moving the ball well. Uh. Miami played pretty good up front, sort of like I expected. And in a rivalry game, I don't know that I would expect a blowout. Like Miami was bad last year, and we talked about that a couple of times where yeah. you know, the line was like 13 and a half or something. Oh like God, you know, but take out a loan instead of <laughs> yeah. um, whatever yeah, big, you gotta do. Yeah, biggest bet I won last year was Florida State, Miami. And 
I mean, they, they played fine. I mean, every every team that's been, you know, that is in contention, except for, I guess, Michigan, um, for a playoff spot, really has had that game where they just don't look like a national title team. And I don't know that Florida State is to begin with. I think they're a team that can win the ACC and get a playoff spot. I don't think they're quite there where they can match up with the Ohio States and, and Alabamas and Georgias of the world, particularly up front on their offensive line. Um, if I was going to fill out Mike Norville's Christmas list, it'd probably be like two stud tackles out of the transfer portal. But <laughs> skill position wise, you know, they, I don't want to say as good as anybody, but they're pretty good, um, you know, between quarterback and running back and the receiver's room is very, very good. Keon Coleman is uh, extremely good at football. Defensively, they're fast. I don't know why Miami kept trying to, to, stretch plays out, um, you know, side to side. Uh, uh, Flores say which is too fast for him. Yeah, we, we talked about that. I think I sent you a text about it. I was like, man, why yeah. is Miami trying to run laterally? Like, they need to be getting up the field, man. Like, you you can't outrun these dudes. Like, these Florida State's linebackers run four fours, man. You can't, you can't run with them dudes. Yeah, and they had some sex, success early uh, with Chandler running more straight ahead, right north south, and then yeah. they got got away from it for some reason, weren't very successful. Um, I thought Miami played pretty. It's not like they're a bad team. Uh, they're six and four. They, but you know, even with the you know the bonehead maneuver at the end of the Georgia Tech game, uh, you know they're they're still a decent team. Um, even playing them at home rivalry game, it's I wouldn't expect a blowout. So mm. well, Florida State did not look like a national championship contender, but I don't know that the word to begin with. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to say they're overachieving because they've been favored in every game they played. So I, I don't, you can't really say they're overachieving, but like you said, they just, they don't look all that great right now, but who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, they'll end up winning the ACC and, get some time off and be undefeated going into the playoffs. We don't know. So see what happens. I mean, if they went out, they're going to get in period. Like, yeah, they're, they're not going to all everything's in front of them. So, uh, okay. A couple of others, uh, we can move through pretty quick. Uh, did you watch much of Utah and Washington? I watched a good bit of this game. I watched almost all of it. Okay. Uh, Utah has no offense to speak of, but, Something I will speak of, this is, and call this a homer take if you want, I don't give a shit. This is the worst officiating that I've seen since the Tennessee-Alabama game last year. Like, me as a person. Like, I watched the Tennessee-Alabama game last year. We had 17 penalties. Half of them were, I think, not maybe not half, but like six or seven of them were total bullshit. This game... I saw the worst defensive pass interference call that I've seen all season. And I saw the worst offensive pass interference call that I've ever seen ever in the same game against the same team. The referees pretty much just blatantly handed Washington this game. I mean, it, it call it what you want off. Utah has no offense to speak of, like I said, but they lost by a touchdown in a game where they got absolutely screwed by the referees. Well, Pac-12 referees are not known for being 
top shelf. Um, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of a kind of a running joke, but yeah, th- those were two bad calls that Washington had um, a really questionable illegal man downfield call that wiped out a big gain that I think they missed who was on the line and who was off. But yeah, Utah's offense has been better lately than it was like at the beginning of the season. Still not great. The strength, the strength of their team is still the defense. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't have a quarterback cam rising. It's like we said in the preseason, dude, we, Eight and a half wins over if they have Cam Rising, if not under. And that's that's where we're at. They don't have a quarterback. Bryson Barnes, probably a good kid, you know, whatever, but he's just not talented. And they really don't they don't have a Dalton Kincaid to throw to, you know. So I, I just they don't have much of an offense. So Yeah, they've struggled. But they I'm, they played hard. They played well. Uh, you know, Winningham gets the most out of his guys. Yeah, I mean, you uh, can tell more than anyone else would. Yeah, you can tell they're well coached. I mean, they played pretty good defense for a lot of the game, but I mean, they had 70 total yards on offense in the second half of this game. It was just they they couldn't do anything offensively, and they still only lost by a touchdown. Like I said, I think they got screwed personally, but mm-hmm. you know, whatever it, it is, what it is. Uh, another one we talked about real briefly. I thought I, I said on the show that I thought Auburn uh, should have been favored in that game, like the wrong team was favored. You don't see, and Hugh Freeze talked about this in his press conference, you don't see teams go on the road in the SEC. Like two teams that are somewhat evenly matched, like you would say Arkansas and Auburn are somewhat even. Would I mean, would you agree there? Like they're not. Yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of in the same, I guess, tier, if you right. will. Right. There's not an egregious difference between the two teams. And Auburn goes on the road and beats them 48 to 10. So, uh, yeah, quit watch activated for Arkansas. It's uh, shit ain't good. You got Polar Express on at halftime in the locker room, getting drilled 48 to 10. <laughs> Shit's going Yeah, south. that's my biggest, like, what the hell moment. You know, if you're watching a movie in the locker room in the middle of getting obliterated, that's what you pick. Yeah, not <laughs> like I'd, I'd be, I'd be tuning up like the departed. Wait, wait. Hold, hold on. That that's a whole different discussion. I mean, if we're, t- are you talking like it's got to be Christmas movies or like, cause if it's Christmas movies, then we got to have a conversation about what Christmas movie you would be watching at halftime. Okay. If we, if we narrowed it down to just Christmas movies, yeah, the Polar Express doesn't make my top five. <laughs> I would tend to agree. Like I'm putting on Christmas vacation. I at least want to get a laugh, you know? Right. I mean, and depending on what you think about Die Hard, uh, you know, that's. Yeah. I mean, that some know. people consider that a Christmas movie. I personally don't, uh, yeah. but that, um, that's just my take. I, yeah. And your mileage may vary, but, you know, uh, Elf is a good one. Elf would be a solid pick at halftime. Yeah, if you're getting the shit kicked out of you, you know, Will Ferrell might pick your mood up a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I think che- I think Chevy Chase having his meltdown there uh, when he yeah. gets the Jelly of the Month Club letter, like that might motivate me to come out in the second half. So I, I don't I don't know. I, all In all seriousness, I heard it was like, and I don't know this to be true, but I heard it was like uh, the redshirt freshman sort of area of the locker room. Yeah, I read that somewhere that the, the red shirts apparently have their own sort of area. Okay, yeah. fine. It's like yeah. they're not like mentally engaged in the game that's going on. I sort of get it, but still. 
Yeah. Still a bad. You know, I keep coming back to like still like Polar Express, really. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. It's uh, one of my, I think, uh, let's see, it's my, that's my son's favorite uh, Christmas movie. I mean, he's 13. So, yeah, I couldn't, he's, I couldn't get into it. I mean, I, I have kids. Obviously, I've seen it. I just, yeah. I feel like you could do better. Yeah, agree. Hard say, man. Uh, let's see. Let's go on down the list here. One that we talked about briefly. Uh, we said Oregon State was just going to demolish Stanford. Mm-hmm. That shit got sideways in a hurry, man. 62. Fast. To 17, that was one we missed on. We should have taken that one, man. We should have faded Stanford hardcore, and we did not. And holy shit, what an obliteration. Uh, A result that I found kind of interesting, we expect Neil Brown to keep his job now. Sure. Uh, Now I do, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Just throwing this out there. Do you see much? Uh, okay, like the fact that he's bowl eligible—that's a good thing, whatever. But do you see much upward momentum beyond him just getting bowl eligible or winning seven, maybe eight games? Like, do you see any upward momentum at West Virginia, or do you feel like six, seven wins is kind of the ceiling? Because Oklahoma dropped a fifty-nine spot on them on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you happen to notice, but Mr. West Virginia, Jimbo Fisher, is available. And I kind of wonder if West Virginia might try to grab him up because I think he would be a pretty massive upgrade over Neil Brown, just personally. And he doesn't need the money, so you could probably get him on a pretty favorable discounted contract. I mean, yeah, maybe you could. A little hometown, little hometown discount, you know what I mean? Yeah, like how much are you going to – poo-poo a guy for losing badly at Oklahoma. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not poo-pooing the result in particular. I mean, Oklahoma's a much better team than them. Dylan Gabriel had eight touchdowns in this game, yeah. I think. So, ultimately, you, regardless of losing or whatever to Oklahoma, you still shouldn't get embarrassed. Like, you don't want to get embarrassed. Like, that's the thing. Lose to Oklahoma, fine. Oklahoma's a good team. But when your team's getting embarrassed, that's different to me. Like wild yeah. shit can happen, like a Gundy situation where they lose thirty-three to seven against South Alabama or forty-five right. to three against UCF. Like it's college football, crazy shit happens. But dude, West Virginia, they get embarrassed pretty regularly. Like let's just be honest here. They have. I mean, you know, there, there's the Oklahoma game, obviously. Uh, Oklahoma State beat them by. Think two touchdowns. Uh, Penn State beat them handily, but you know they also won the the backyard brawl. Um, they beat Texas Tech. They won at TCU. They're yeah, they're mean, six they, and four. They should win their last two games. So yeah, yeah, I mean they play Cincinnati at home and then on the road at Baylor. So like I don't know. You're gonna. I, I agree. Jimbo would probably be an upgrade, but you know, if a guy goes seven and five or eight and four after he's on the hot seat, uh, you know, I don't know. I almost feels like, you know, Jimbo's more of a name than the expected result. Maybe so. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think it's just a product of them having somewhat of a favorable schedule this year. 
I, Somewhat, but like if a guy goes eight and four, you're going to fire him to hire a guy who just got fired himself, who is known for going eight and four. Yeah, but in a much, much tougher league. I mean, let, let's be honest. Like how many SEC West coaches have been fired in the last 20 years? It's a lot. <laughs> like yeah. if you if you go into that league, you got to be really good or you get shit canned. I mean, period. So it's not a situation where you can just ride it out going eight and four every year like you can in a lot of places, you know. So SEC West is a different level than Big 12, especially the new Big 12 with Oklahoma and Texas leaving. So mm-hmm. if you get Jimbo and you're still in the Big 12, it's like, shit, man. Like West Virginia could quickly, if he gets some shit right, become – one of the premier teams in the conference. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know that Neil Brown has that ceiling. That's just my thought process to it. So I, I don't know. Uh, another interesting result, Texas escapes TCU yeah. 29 to 26. They hang on <sighs> Texas, man. I, I, that's, it's a team that I can't really put my finger on right now. Why they're playing so poorly. Like they escape against Houston, they yep. escape against TCU. I, I like I don't get it. I, I watched that team play basically a perfect football game against Alabama earlier in the season on Alabama's home turf and beat them by ten points. And they they look like a shell of that team right now. And I they, can't really I can't really point to why. Well, if you look back at the Red River game where they lose to Oklahoma. They've been, you know, before that game and after that game, really kind of looks like two different teams. I mean, since then, they they beat Houston by a touchdown. Uh, they drilled BYU, who's not very good, but get taken to overtime by Kansas State. They they win that. K State comes back on them. TCU almost comes back on them. I think Texas was ahead by about twenty in that game, and that was even at home. I'm sorry, that was at TCU. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. At Iowa State is starting to feel a little more tricky than it might have looked a month ago. I mean, they should beat them. They'll be favored pretty heavily. So I, I don't know. But they they just look like a shell of the team that I saw on the road at Bama. Like, I mean, I I mean, we talked about it after the game. I said, I don't think they'll lose a regular season game, and I'm not sure anybody could have beat them that night. And Man, I feel like there's lots of teams that could beat them right now based on the way they look. But mm-hmm. the eye test isn't everything. You know, it's hard to get up for a, a, a road game at a four and or what? What's TCU four and five at the time? It's hard yeah. to get up for a road game at four and five TCU. I get it, like whatever. But you're Texas. You got all that talent. You should be slicing up TCU. They suck. They're not good, and you squeaked it out. So. Sort of a similar situation to Florida State. Just not really playing their best football right now. But they still have time to get it right. But I just thought that was interesting. Um, Another really – I mean, Louisville has locked up their spot in the ACC championship game against Florida State. But I don't know if – I know you didn't get any eyes on North Carolina and Duke. Man, that was a fantastic game. Fantastic ending, 47-45 final for North Carolina. They they moved to 8-2. and two. Mac Brown just keeps doing it, man. Yeah, it sounds like it would have been a great game to watch. I just don't have ACC Network. 
Yeah, I, I'm one of the 13 people in America who has ACC network, and that's not because I choose it specifically. It just happens to come with the, the highest level Xfinity cable package for sports. Uh. So <laughs> it's the, one of those things, man. But that's really about all the compelling results from the week. Looking ahead to yep. week 12, there's about one game I give a shit about, and that would be uh, Tennessee and Georgia. And that's about it. Yeah, I think Washington and Oregon State could be a very good game as well. Yeah, that's interesting. North Carolina and Clemson could be a little compelling. Uh, let's see. What else is there? There's Oregon and Arizona State, which, by speaking of Arizona State, about four years overdue for Ray Anderson stepping down as the yeah. athletic director today. I thought that was interesting. Did you, did you read anything about that? Uh, other than he's... Uh, resigning or retiring or whatever other than he's leaving no i hadn't really mm. looked into i can't imagine that the the fan base is too broken up no i would think they're thrilled and you know frankly they should be if they're not uh he's i would argue that he's over the past five to seven seasons been the worst athletic director in college sports uh i don't know what the rest of their sports are doing but their football team has He's absolutely run that football program into the ground. And so. Yeah. My hope is that uh, they get someone who, you know, can work well with Kenny Dillingham. Cause I do think he is a guy who has maybe not quickly, but has the potential to build it back up. Um, but it really, a lot of it's going to depend on how much support he gets from the administration. So. In- indeed. Well, We'll see what happens. Uh, but in the meantime, like you say, I don't know that we'll have a ton of picks this week. We might have a couple, two, three here and there. Kind of be a light week because week 12 uh, for you uh, casual betters, sort of a trap week. You might want to stay away from this week. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine I'll have more than about five. Yeah, I, I mean, this is one of those weeks where I might just like pick the, the three I like the most and then go with that and run mm-hmm. away from the rest, man. It's it's kind of yeah. a, an iffy week. This is one of those weeks where if you're at 500 on the season, you could very quickly be minus six or seven units. So <laughs> it's not yeah, that. I, I mean, week 12 for us last year was an absolute bloodbath. Bloodbath, yes. That's the perfect word for it. A lot of red on the board. So. Uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll be back with you guys. Uh, what do you think? Probably tomorrow night or Tuesday or Wednesday night. What's it looking like? I think Wednesday. Okay. All right. So we'll be back with you guys Wednesday night to drop a couple of picks, and uh, we may have some updates on coaching searches and coaching carousel happenings. It is that time of year. It's the gift that just keeps on giving, man. The coaching yep. carousel in November. You got to love it. You just love to see it. But uh, you guys can find us on social media at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me at Jason Bailey 47. You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair. And uh, we'll be back with you Wednesday, dropping some bets, catching up on all the news. Until then, thank you very much. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>